Is that you? Why do you look like me? And I look what? Huh? But what's happening here? Is this is this a weird intro into an episode about disguises and movies? Is that is that what's happening? Surprise reveal! It's just me. <laughs> what's up, Jer? How you doing, buddy? That that was a little better on the video, I think, than the. I don't know how the audio is going to do with all that. Oh, terrible! But we don't care. We had fun. Right. If we just lost a listener, I'm sorry. But the rest of the episode, we promise. Well, actually, I can't tell you yet, but I believe it must get better. Than it's this. probably it's probably going up from there. So, uh, so yes, this week we are doing our top five disguise movies. Um, Jeremy, in your generation X brain, how'd that work out for you? In Gen X line, this was awesome. I have a treasure trove of content now. Interestingly. When I did like a little sort of uh, scroll up and down my list thingy, I have a lot of 90s stuff in here today. It did not end up a lot of 80s stuff. And I don't know that if that's just because disguising technology is just so vastly improved since the, the 80s where all you could really do is basically put pudding on your face. But, you know, <laughs> I don't have a pudding face episode. No, that's not. that's probably not going to happen. How about for you, bud? Oh, hated it. Oh. I, I like, so not hated the movies that I could come up with, but coming up with like a good amount of movies was like a full scale struggle bus. Like I just don't have, I got to 15 so I can do five, five and five, but like you're going to step on all of them. I assume at some point, just cause I, I, I try to find at least one or two funny Jeremy didn't see that coming entries this week. Nope. You've got them all. No, you've got every single one. Like usually I think I get you at least once or twice. Every single one of these, you're going to be like, that is a absolutely on the head disguise movie. (laughs) Mm. Well, I'll tell you, I have a very different experience. I ended up really enjoying this list. I have at least 30 things here. My struggle bus to compare notes is I don't really know which ones I want in my actual five. I, I'm I'm calling this, I'm pulling a JT today in that I got like 11 ready to end up in that top five sweet, sweet, sweet spot. So I'm going to have to hurt some feelings from some movies that don't really know I'm talking about them. Oh, well, we apologize in advance to those movies because we are a emotionally available podcast. Um, however, uh, is there a movie that is so good we just don't want to talk about it, which would be our Shawshank? Do you have a a categorically categorically defined disguise movie? I do. I have one entry. Do I you? I have one entry. Was yours from 1996? No. Oh. Oh. It's not mine. Oh. Is from 1982. Oh. Okay. So is yours ET? No. Oh, oh. my God! But now all of a sudden, I think. I saw where you went with this, and I'm going to be sad this whole episode. No, so mine, I'll give you my five words. Mine was December 7th, 1982. It's an 88 on Metacritic. Um, so we'll see. The, to orient you around my five words, I'm, I'm doing the analogy game again because you like that one. So chocolate candy, sometimes in pop. Chocolate candy, sometimes in pop? Yeah. Pop like, like soda? Is that what your intention is with the word? I'm not not my intention. I couldn't pop give you, music. Nope, I couldn't give you. There's a word that goes in front of pop that's candy, ah. but it would have given it away. Okay, one more time. Chocolate candy sometimes, sometimes in. I'll give you lollipop. Oh, like a lollipop. I think a lollipop. I think lollipop's one word. JT. Okay, but I, I, I don't, don't. No, I know it is, but I didn't want to give you lolly because I thought it was ah. too easy. What's a 82 movie. It's funny because I have another movie from 82 that I was about to throw at you and then I let, decided to be a little more polite and wait for you, but uh, it's definitely not that either. A lollipop movie. JT, this might not be the Jeremy has these as obvious as you think he does list. Oh, could this be Tootsie? Yeah. 
Yeah, so here's my problem with Tootsie. I put it way down in my, um, I acknowledge, but I cannot remember. I, I saw it when it came out. Like I saw, okay. or the year or so after. It's up there with another movie just like it in that same time frame as these are probably, they're actually both on my to be rewatch list and I haven't gotten to them yet. So fully respect. Have you, are you familiar with Tootsie? Cause this is way pre JT. So this was a big Deb White movie. My mom loved this movie. Uh, and I, so I have seen, I probably have seen it in the past like five to seven years, definitely. And for me, when you brought this up, I think it was over text instantly. I was like, oh, well, that's basically, that's the easy one. And so I just sort of like didn't think anything past that because it literally came to my brain immediately. Sure. And I was like, well, that is literally how we define a Shawshank. So <laughs> pretty much, pretty much checks out in every way. It's a, it's a good pick. Uh, mine. So I didn't do the five words thing on the Shawshank, but I will just do a quick uh, on the fly and it will be part of the theme. Somehow always looks like anybody. Somehow always looks like anybody. So I have a guess just because of 96, um, which feels right, which would be Scream. No, I have Scream on my things JT might pick list. No, 96 movie. This is, I actually was going to tell you it's a series. Would that change things for you? In 96? The no. first one's from 96. There are six of them now, two in the can. Six of them now. Two in the can started in 96. What franchise started in 96 that's still a thing? I'm going to feel really dumb when you say this. I have no idea. You are because I think this is one of those, like, you're not going to be happy with this answer, JT. Mission Impossible. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Thought about okay. this. Thought okay. about this because this is the whole take my face off thing, which is good. Yeah. But I kind of just, I sort of walked right past it because it's like, it's, it's such a small part of the movie. It's like, it's minutes on the train. It's not a, it's not a theme. I would argue, I hear what you're saying. So first of all, if that's our criteria, we should just expect some very different lists. Cause I have all sorts of people who might've only been in disguise for a short period of time in a movie, but sure. then I thought it was just so much fun that it had to go in there. And I think of this as a category defining thing and that the Mission Impossible's franchise, if you were to ask 100 people on the street, what is the primary vehicle of that franchise? I think they would do the, as you did, gesture, the pulling off the latex face mask and somehow Tom Cruise's head is just as big as Philip Seymour Hoffman's. Right. Yeah. Also, because uh, that franchise gets worse with every movie they make. But um, Whoa. <laughs> did you see two? Yeah, two is actually better. I whatever you know my we've we've done the Tom Cruise thing. Uh, I think no, I so I accept that. I do accept this as a Shawshank. I think I'm letting my Tom Cruise feelings cloud my better judgment of the actual movie itself. Fair enough. I, I, there are obviously very different uses of you know disguise. Sure, for sure. Than than the Tootsie, perhaps. Yeah, uh, aggressively different. I would say. <laughs> so you didn't even have Mission Impossible on your list because I sort of had this. I actually thought we would mutually Shawshank this, to be honest. No, I, I, so it was one of the ones I thought of first, but then as I continued down my like list of, again, I have a tendency to make things harder on myself than I need to when it comes to our podcast. And I think I started to get really into the, but like how, how important is the disguise to the flick? Right. And in, in that reason, like I have another one that I'll talk about later where I was like, that's eh, not really a disguise. I don't know. The whole idea of what defines disguise versus not, like disguise versus costume versus like fashion choice is weird, but I accept this one. Also, we definitely have never like in the Shawshank, we just blew through five movies. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. There, there, no, that's that's it first. It's a whole franchise. I originally was going to do a thing with you where I tried to rank the uses of the face mask technology and like have a little fun game that we could play. Uh, busy week. Yeah, busy week. <laughs> that's, that's totally fair. All right, so then let's get to the list. I think this week, uh, why am I saying I think? I don't know. You know I don't know. Just tell us who goes first. <laughs> Would you like to just flip a coin? Or do you want to actually consult the the uh, official 
lo-fi top five time timetable and such. I mean, you're the keeper of things. I think it's you this week, but I genuinely don't know. So I'm just. <laughs> it is. Okay. I- <laughs> oh boy, I'm trying. Can, can I can I get one of your hub boys? Because you do it so so nice. Hub boy. I need to figure out where to pick here. So I'm going to go with where? Oh my goodness. Honestly, everybody, I have rearranged this list over and over again because I, again, I want to avoid talking about stuff we've talked about a lot, but some of those are really some of my favorites. There's one I have in here that's just like crazy spoiler. So I'm going to go straight into a silly one but I like it. And it's, it's the first one I actually wrote down and then we have talked about it. So we'll keep it short, but 1993. Okay. Harvey, Harvey Firestein and Mara Wilson. They could share this one. I had a feeling this has a JT's initials next to it. And the five words are ex-husband in a dress. Yeah. Mine were married woman, apprehensive of Inferno. (laughs) Married woman. Married woman's Mrs. Apprehensive doubt. Inferno Fire. Very nice. Very nice. (laughs) Very, very nice. Okay. So we've talked about this movie a little bit. Uh, I think it's still in that category of one of the best family rom-com. It's not really a rom-com. That should be a thing. Yeah. I think the thing that's interesting is it's not really a rom-com at all because the love story is about him and his kids. So right, unless that, which is not romantic. I think it's just a family comedy. So a famcom. 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 Yeah, we're we're did just say labeling. Famcom? I did. <laughs> Needs more sleep this week, JT. I think uh, is what's going on here. So <laughs> I don't really. This is also in that Shawshankable territory. I'm not quite sure what to say other than how I've rewatched this recently and how phenomenal Robin Williams' performance was in this oh, movie. So good. I think. You know, the more time that passes since we we had him around and the more of his older work that I watch, this is continuously rising to the top for me as far as like pulling out all of the essence of Robin Williams. He gets to do his crazy, bizarro, over-the-top, real-time improv humor thing. Also shows his sensitive, real-person side. I mean, does concoct one of the most ludicrous plans ever known to man. Yeah, I mean, the, the so we're going to share this one. So we'll just do a little crosstalk. But like, yeah. his kids would recognize him. Uh, there's no reason they would have hired this person. He should have been fired a hundred times. And what he did is aggressively illegal. <laughs> you know what there should be, JT? Just just with, sorry, I sort of got my head stopped right when you said his kids should have recognized him. There should be, you know, be a great, if the low five top five could pull this off, a viral video contest. Okay, everybody, are we all signed up for this? Do this now. Hashtag heard it on the low. I'm stopping that. But what would it actually take to fool your own kids that you were a foreign nanny? Yeah, I think that's a whole, like, honestly, if there's a way to get that going, like the lengths with which you would have to go to make that work would be, I mean, to be, to be fair. To be fair. Harvey Firestein did a great job on the makeup in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Harvey's job is great. I look at it from my own perspective. I'm six two, buddy. Same. Like, ain't happening. <laughs> yeah, like you know? I would be. I'm very grateful that both of my kids resemble my wife because I would not be a good looking woman. Just wouldn't. No, no, me neither. Me neither. Yeah, yeah. I'm ba- I barely hold it up as a guy. So <laughs> uh, I don't know how you don't recognize the guy. Like not only, by the way, not just the kids, the wife, like. Also, other things like the pheromones and natural body, like we all have natural odors of sort, you know. So putting all of that aside, let's just let's just pretend that you could actually show up in your own house and fool your entire closest people other than your own parents to you that you are someone else, male, female, female, male, whatever you want it to be. Then then how hard is that to pull off the not slipping into little known facts like, Oh, and I know there's a couple where he forgets that like his own kid, how would he have known that his kid does or doesn't like a food? I can't remember the exact thing, but it would just require so much mental discipline. Yeah. 
it's it, the whole the whole plot is impossible. But to bring it back to what you were saying, I and it's it's actually interesting. I'm trying to like like in real time stack rank all of his movies now. But I do think the the width of range that he shows in this like is crazy because you do have I'm thinking wide instead of tall. But if yeah. you get like if you think about how crazy he has because the scenes with Harvey Firestein when he's doing all the crazy like ad libby different people different characters different voices. But then, like, how hurt he is in the beginning of this movie when he does that crazy party for his kid. Like, that stuck with me for a long time. It's right. just, it's nuts. It's so, so good. I love And it's such a fun movie still. And they didn't do the terrible, let's just make everything work out exactly as it's supposed to in Hollywood. It's like, they ended in a really sort of like, oh, that's feasible. Like, that's a thing that could actually happen in real life. Except he's probably going to go to jail. Oh, he's probably going to jail for a while, yeah, for sure. Yeah, which which definitely this is on that list of the if we ever do the they should have gotten the jail episode. Pretty high. This is basically kidnapping. <laughs> basically. That said, the run by fruiting and the entire <laughs> sequence where he ends up on fire. It's so good. Oh my. It's so good. It's a brilliant movie. It's a brilliant movie, and I'm happy to share it with you because it was my very first pick. So that means you get to go again, friend. When you say get to, you meant have to. And I know what you're saying here, sir. <laughs> That's right. So I'm going to go all the way to 1991. Gosh, is okay. this my, my second? Is this making the top five now? Sounds it amazing. is. It is. I think it is. 1991, John C. McGinley Ooh. and Gary Busey. Uh, whoa. <laughs> okay. As I've told you, if Gary Busey's in the movie, he will be your clue. All right. I mean, I love both of those people for very different reasons, but I'm I'm still here for this. Keep going. And I will say my my shtick this week, if you didn't pick it up from the first one, it's basically just describing the disguise. The disguise. That, that's yeah. pretty much the thing. So it. here we have this is either a dead giveaway or what? Became Reagan, Nixon, Johnson, Carter. Okay, it's a point break. This is Point Break. Yeah, this is on my. This is in Pond. This is a good. This is a great pick. I wanted one of those where the audience isn't fooled in any way at any moment at all. Like you know what's going on here. I mean, maybe not for the first like fifteen minutes of the movie. There's like a moment where you might not be sure who's what and all that, but you basically know what's going on, and they pull it off so well. It's such a fun movie. Oh, so much fun. Uh, I don't know how often Point Break would ever make a top five list for us, which is part of why I wanted it in here. Because it's one of those like archetypal action films that's great and terrible at the same time. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's like it's a not as smart as a diehard, but yet at the same time, actually really, really clever. Like it somehow straddled and, and hence spawning the entire fast Saga, Fate, Furious. All the F words. All, all of those things. Because we could have Point Break and then Pointer Break and then Points Breaks and then Break Point and like nine of the those. Breaking Point, The Break Point, The Point Break. Ooh. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you'd have like Point Point and Break 5, <laughs> point nine, point seven, seven point five Break. I don't know. I would love, I would love to see a... If they had taken that Point Break series, by the way, I'd love to write up the scripts. Because, you know, by eight and nine, he's like surfing, I don't know, on the moon or something. Or on, on well, there's no water. Maybe on, on Mars. There's not much of a tides on Mars. Wherever know. he's surfing, it's crazy. Yeah, they're probably just doing some gravity surfing. I mean, the, 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 when there's a will, where there's a budget, there's a way, Jer. You can make it work. <laughs> For sure. It also, I, I know there are other movies that have done this. I think it really did bring us that trope though of the 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 villains wearing funky big masks you mentioned scream before i don't think you have scream without point break there there's a movie i think you might pick that i don't think you have without point break and there was just something crazy about that first time you saw that movie jt you were like six uh when it came out yeah the fr i saw that movie around 10 or 11 though i, I remember seeing it because it was like a thing for one of my cousins is that like a, I was going to say, is this like a middle school movie? Because for me, I'm already in college when this comes out. And I don't recall. We talk a lot about trying to rep represent the time. 
I don't recall if Point Break was actually a big thing at all, and I have a hunch that it was not. Yeah, it, the only reason it existed in my world at all is because one of my like my one older cousin was actually like a fan of the movie, and he was a couple years older. Like he he like just turned forty recently, so he's like four or five years older than me. So like I just remember kind of going like, oh well, if you like it, I like it too. And so I watched it, and I remember going like. I guess I like it since you like it. Like that's that's my memory of watching it the first time. I of course have since seen it multiple times just because it's like it's fun and funny because it's like it is it, it it exists in a weird place for me where I'm like this is a bad movie that I like. Yeah, it's, but it's not a good movie. Like no part of me would defend it as a good movie. It's like especially because I think in like within four years all of the tropes they were trying to do got done better somewhere else. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. In, in every way, everything they try to do got done better. Like that's yeah, like, a very, very heat, good statement. Like, when did heat come out? Like, it, you know what I mean? Like there's undercover. Yeah. There's like undercover cop movies that were better. There's robbery movies that were better. There was surfing movies that were moderately better. Like <laughs> Blue crush. Did you uh, actually never saw it? Did you, would you pick who was the best? Who was better? Ving Rhames? Ving Rhames. Vin Diesel. I don't yeah. know where that came from. Oh, I was just talking Mission Impossible. All right. Vin Diesel or the Swayze? I mean, if I'm being objective, the Swayze. Like but my answer gener- generationally, of course it's Vin Diesel. It's Dom Toretto. <laughs> when when does Vin Diesel get on the scene for for a millennial? Is is he like like uh, Pitch Black, Roddick, that's Triple X, or is it straight up Fast and Furious? No, he existed in those, I think, for a smaller subsect of the audience. But like once he was Dom Toretto, he became Dom. Like th- that franchise, I think, enhanced his other franchises beyond where they should have gone. <laughs> for sure. And for me, obviously, Swayze was a much bigger deal. Like Already. He's a, bit, he's a huge 80s guy and everything. And has some fun roles in the 90s. But uh, yeah, point break, ladies and gentlemen. It's a great pick. Thanks. All right, I'm going to go in a completely different direction. Uh, let's get this one out of the way because it's me. Uh, June 19th, 1998. I'll give you Harvey Firestein <laughs> and uh, Miriam Margolis. I keep waiting for us to actually pick the exact two same actors for something. I had Harvey and Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. Eddie's too easy. Oh, let's hear. How'd you pull out five words with this one? Uh, means magnolia in Chinese. Mm. I thought you might have gone something with like noise a cow makes and you know home that's, network or something. That's that's where I stopped. I like I was like I don't know how to describe a land without <laughs> making it weird. I did think that. Uh, so this is Mulan. If you've not picked up on it, so I of course need to do an animated movie whenever I can. Also, this one for me is smack dab in the fits the category appropriately and JT's not stretching, which I have a tendency to do sometimes. Uh, What I thought was interesting. So Mulan is like one of those weird movies because I was a little, I was 13 when this came out and I was kind of like, ew, I don't want to do Disney movies anymore. And I remember seeing it and being like, wow, that was pretty dark. Like this is the first time Disney ever really approached like war, like actual war. Uh, also, fun fact that I learned, this is the first movie ever DVD released by Disney. Didn't know that. Uh, what do you mean? Well, like first, what do you mean by first released? So this DVD? is the first movie that Disney ever released on a DVD. Oh, like the, when they put out the other catalog, it was after this. After this, yeah. This is, oh, this is what started it. Yeah. Uh, so the thing that for me, like I actually did rewatch this recently, uh, Scared Lennon, two pieces uh, which because mm. I had sort of forgotten that I was like, oh, no, this is like literally a war movie, like for kids, kind of. Uh, but back to the disguise thing. This is one of those things where I had a, a hard time of like differentiating between do you know that it's a disguise or is part of the point that you don't know it's a disguise? And this one, you clearly know that it's a disguise. And to be clear, not a great one. If you really think about it, basically chop my hair off, put on a new hat. Hey, I'm somebody else. Uh, but as far as the fact that it was like paramount to the story, it is the story. So right. for right. that reason, um, it kind of felt like 
I just wanted to put this here. And I'm actually really excited to see how they did the new one. I haven't watched it yet because every time I say the words Mulan to my daughter, she's like, nope, fire, bad. She's like, turns in to Phil Hartman from Saturday Night Live. So I just we, I just can't do it. But I really want to watch it again because I'm really interested to see how they make this live action. First of all, I'm so thrilled that you know about the, uh, what is it, Caveman Lawyer? Uh, Frozen, uh, Cave- yeah. Frozen, Caveman, Frozen Lawyer. Caveman Lawyer. Yeah. Firebod. Uh, so good. So good. I had this in my somewhere in the list. My five words, by the way, were she makes quite the warrior. That's great. It's good. Oh, thank you. I have also not seen the recent version. Honestly, I just feel like there's, it's not interesting to me to take these and turn them in like seeing the same thing in the live action or CGI. I just, I don't know how to say this other than I truly just don't care. It's the same exact thing. I'm still, that said, I'm still dying for Toy Story in hand-drawn animation form because I just think that would be fun to see what they do. But no, I didn't see the reboot either. My only argument, here's why I do want to see it. So Mulan specifically, I think visually could be amazing because inherently Chinese culture is colorful and vibrant and so motion-oriented and beautiful that I actually would love to see that. The one reason I don't want to see it is... Eddie Murphy. Like if that dragon doesn't talk, I'm going to be so mad because that that whole spirit thing, that was a big part of the movie. And Eddie Murphy is hilarious. Like it was a saving grace of that movie for me. So, and I've done no research. I didn't watch trailers because I was kind of like, no, I want to watch this cold and see how they adapted it. I'm interested to see how it gets adapted. I assume because of when they made it, that it will be visually stunning. And I'm I'm here for at least an hour and a half of that. But if there's no talky talky dragon, I'm going to be genuinely upset. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because I have seen the previous four, and for the life of me, I know that they, for example, they, none of the songs are in the live action one. Right. I have no idea if the dragon is. There's, it's not in the previews. And I'm assuming it's not, which means I'm really interested to see how they make this work because that was a big plot point. Like that whole. That, I mean, he was the embodiment of her family coming with to help and the fire. Lots of stuff. Questions questions to be answered. But anyway, Mulan felt like, and also it is a very good flick. Like it's, it's it, Disney doesn't miss often. And this is one of those cases where I think because of the time it came out and my age, I don't think of it in the same air as I do some other stuff, specifically because Pixar was really getting into a, a, a groove here. Right. But Mulan's beautiful. Like it's a, it's a beautiful movie. Absolutely. My my hunch is it's probably better visuals than like Hero since it's newer. Yeah. But like those kind of themes, just with all the modern CGI capabilities. Yeah, and, and I think that's why it'll probably be amazing, right? Yeah. Now this is in the category I had. I wrote down a few extra notes this week again, just due to my being so flummoxed, flummoxed with my final list. But in the was that really a costume kind of kind of vein? And I wasn't sure if any of those deserved final top five status or not, because, you know, cutting your hair and talking yeah. with a deeper voice, you know, don't know. Don't know fair. what to think of it. That's fair. It's, and that's why I think it was more disguised than costume. That was kind of my argument for it is because a costume right. is like, you know who it is and whatever. Disguise is like, even if it's moderately well done, it's still like fooled people, which means there's an unveil where they go, oh my God. And that's what, that was the point. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, this one, I'm, I'm going to guess you haven't seen. Okay. I'm, I'm pulling back something for one specific scene. Okay, okay. JT. So it's a char- I will say that though. It is a character who uh, leverages the, the art of disguise multiple times, but there's one particular scene from this movie from 1976. Wow. All right. You're going to have to just keep going because I definitely don't know enough that. I will give you Richard Vernon, who I've actually used before, sort of a older that guy. Yep. Now, this name is either a dead giveaway for you or more indication that you have no idea where I'm going with this. Herbert Lom, L-O-M. No yeah, no idea, where you're, no idea where you're going with this. Okay. Now, then, the, in that case, the five words might be even less helpful. I don't know. Like Marty Feldman, but inflatable. Like Marty Feldman, but inflatable. I'm, for some reason, not getting the Marty Feldman reference, even though I know I know it. Marty Feldman, he's, he was in like the 60s and 70s and a lot of that kind of uh, um, 
Blazing Saddles, all of those okay. crew of people. He's the guy with like notably one bigger eye. Than oh, the other. yeah. Okay. I know who you're talking about now. There you go. Like Marty Feldman, but inflatable. Yeah. 77 is hard for me. I got nothing. That's all right. I said 76, but that doesn't make it easier, does it? Nope. Worse. Yeah, but only a little worse, like like 1% worse. Like after you go back after like 70, 90, 80, 85, 88, where's your I point, mean, JT? After 88, there's definitely like a depreciation factor for every year. And it's like a 2 to 3% swing bad until it gets into yeah. like the 60s. Then it goes up again and then it goes hard down about 64 after. <laughs> Fair enough. So the movie is The Pink Panther Strikes Again. Sure. You've never seen any of the Pink Panther movies, have you? So I've seen the Sellers stuff, sort of, but like I couldn't, like not recently enough and not in memory at all. So I haven't seen any of them recently. I tried rewatching A Shot in the Dark on a plane, but it was really not the right environment for it. It's not a, definitely not an airplane movie, even for a fan. So the scene in particular is that Inspector Clouseau basically creates an inflatable hunchback costume so marty feldman is the hunchback in young frankenstein oh got it got it yeah Yeah, that's a that's a great clue your your people probably very excited right now that's a great clue well the herbert lom like he is uh the detective who's trying to track down the real pink panther and is always uh, clouseau's foil (laughs) so in this scene and i actually re-watched the clip just because i really wanted to get it back into memory and then I stopped because I was like, no, I've got to watch this with my kids really soon. And I want to like enjoy it freshly again. Sure. Basically, he's got this like hideous face mask thing going on with like this big bulging nose and like teeth that are like Austin Powers-ish and just like half a mustache and bedraggled hair. It just looks terrible. I mean, kind of what in the 70s you would have stereotyped a hunchback from like the 1500s would have looked like. Okay. He's doing that. But he's also sort of wearing this suit. And the the hunchback effect is he has some kind of bladder balloon thing on his back that he can pump air into. And without going too far into the scene, basically uh, he loses control to some degree of the hunchback. <laughs> I'm laughing because I, I Googled it as you're talking. And it is absurd. <laughs> So it's one of my favorites. Uh, the Pink Panther movies were something I watched a few times as a kid. I've seen each of them a few times through. I really want to watch them again. My hunch is they probably, my hunch is you could take all five of those movies and turn it into like one and a half movies. That's my guess. It's going to be slow and it's going to be okay because that's what they were like back then. Uh, but uh, Pink Panther strikes again. That's great. Yeah, there's... Um... Unfortunately, the Pink Panther just wasn't a thing for me. And there's even the the new the Steve Martin ones. There's like one scene from that that my sister and I quote a lot. And I don't know that either. I'm pretty sure she's actually seen the whole movie. I haven't, but I know that scene really well. And outside of that, I was just I remember trying to watch it for a couple minutes, and I was like, this isn't going to be a thing for me. Fair enough. All right. Um, so I'm kind of stuck because I have one that I was going to do, but I'm pretty sure that you're going to just, it's the one, I think you already referenced it and I don't know that I need to do it in my top five. So I'm going to do this one. I'm going to do the one that I think is most obvious. And I just picked a particular one. I could have picked any number of these movies cause there's so many of them, but let's go with July 7th, 2017. Um, I'll give you, Tony Revlori and Hannibal Burris. Hannibal Burris. All right, I'm gonna go on the limb. I'm assuming this is 2017. I'm gonna guess this is Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yep, nailed it. Only because he's got he's such a he's got that great coach. Like he's memorable. He's like a, he's in the movie from. I don't even imagine he's got 90 seconds of screen time. But he nails it. Yeah. <laughs> what were so, your five words? Uh, arachnid humid returning to base. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we talked, you and I, you and I actually, as we tend to do, which I think, you know, our fans will know, like, this is a thing that we will occasionally like have a reference point in the middle of the week and be like, Hey, in or out, we have a lot of in or out conversations. And so 
basically the entire superhero category, I kind of was like, are we in or out on this? And we very quickly came to like, actually, it can be in because it's not as big as you think it is. And mm. it, at, at first shake, I was like, I mean, that just is too big of a universe. And then I was like, but is it really, though? Because it's really not. And there was only two that really lasted at all for me. And both of them are somewhere in the lists that we have. This one was the one that was the easiest. And I'm choosing the Tom Holland one specifically because Tobey Maguire was my Spider-Man because I was of the age of being super excited about like comic book movies being a thing. Uh, he, he was a good, he was a good Spider-Man. He just had a terrible third movie. Yeah. I think he was a great Peter Parker. I think he was a fine Spider-Man. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Like he's okay. got a, he's got a little bit of a Val Kilmer thing for me where Kilmer, I thought was arguably the best Bruce Wayne we've ever seen. And just not right. a good Spider-Man or not a good Batman at all. I think Toby was a fine Spider-Man. He was a great Peter Parker. Like all, all of his Peter Parker stuff was great. Tom Holland, I actually think might be of all the people that have had to be two people because they actually are like two people. Holland's the best at both. Like he's, he's so good. He's so lovable. He's, great. he's so goofy. Like it's so well-written and he nails all of it. And the physical stuff that he does is really interesting. Listen, Spider-Man is a lot of fun. It's a genuine disguise. Like he is actually in disguise full-blown all the time, doesn't want people to know his identity, and it's the whole thing. So you know he's in a disguise, but everyone he interacts with while he is Spider-Man, with very few exceptions, no spoilers, doesn't. So that is like, to me, that was kind of just, it's it's easy. It almost felt like too easy to the point where I almost went contender just because I was like, nah, Spider-Man feels like simple. But the more I thought about how much I love Holland specifically as Spider-Man, I was like, no, you know what? Like, this is super dope. One quick piece of trivia that I just never caught before that makes me so happy. Do you know who the voice of Spider-Man's computer – do you know who the voice of Karen is? Isn't it Jennifer Connelly? Yeah. Do you know why that's super exciting to me? Because she's married to, uh, to Paul Alfred. Bet- to Paul Bettany. Jarvis. Vision. Jarvis. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So, awesome. Yeah. I, that's like I'm pretty good with the Mar- I'm pre- by the way when I say I'm pretty good because of this podcast I have gotten good <laughs> about knowing weird stuff about like recent movies and specific like a lot of the Marvel stuff specifically because I was afraid of Sam when Sam did the podcast with us I'm like he's gonna know more than me I have to research somehow this one skipped me entirely so I've literally found that out in research and out loud went ah, that's so cool I was like so excited <laughs> it, it is that cool unquestionably yeah. it's a it is a great uh Great little nuanced bit. Yeah, it's so neat. I can't remember. Was it Peter that named her Karen or that Tony named her Karen? I think it was Tony, if memory serves. I think that sounds right, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, I, I always thought that the, this naming her Karen I thought was kind of funny, just for the whole Karen meme thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. For, for, for Peter Parker, it's perfect. Like Peter Parker would definitely be making fun of Karens. Right. That's right? exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's interesting that there's not a moment, and and you almost wanted the next movie. I almost wanted to see pa, Tom Holland say to like um, Happy to uh, John Favreau, so, give a little OK Boomer or something like that. Oh, did he not? I'm trying to remember in the one with Gyllenhaal. Didn't he have a moment? He didn't do OK Boomer, but he had a. There's a dig about age in there somewhere. But anyway, definitely, I agree. it would be great. Uh, I think this is a good pick, by the way. I, I I really, really wanted to stay away from superheroes for my final list. Uh, I cannot tell you I don't have a whole bunch of them written down as my... Well, maybe I feel like talking about this one today. Sure. So it, it, it works, though, right? It, and it's valid. And I think part of our discussion, everybody, by the way, was us figuring out the, hey, if you just cut your hair or put on glasses, is that an actual disguise? Right. Like, is putting mousse in your hair and and... and, and Thick horn glasses sufficient to fool the world? Probably no, not. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. Definitely not good enough for Lex Luthor. But I love this pick. All right. Thank you. All right. So I have one in here. I'm just realizing I'm not even going to do whatsoever. I really wanted to, but the entire reveal of it is the reveal of the entire movie. It's a movie you haven't seen, I think. And yeah, that was going to be the end of that. So folks, there's a movie (laughs) 
that I'm not going to talk about. I was going to try to give a clue to everybody that's not JT, but I can't even come up with a way to get around this. So we probably should have just edited this part out. Instead, moving right along, 1983. All right. Cast includes Frank Oz and James Earl Jones. Okay. Not a great bounty hunter. Boba Fett? Nope. Mm, 83? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Am I going to hate myself when I don't get this? Not that much. It's one of those, like, you'll be, oh, I should have known that, but you're not going to hate yourself. The th- so here's the thing that I'm just going to be really honest right now. Uh, anytime that we go 70s, 80s stuff, I get super nervous about upsetting the Star Wars world, even though I don't necessarily know. I don't. I just never remember when those movies actually came out. 77, 1980, 1983. But see, I know you know that. And by the way, like people in my family who are my family that I love more than anyone else in the world know that. It's just not my brain just goes out and it just doesn't remember. So I always get nervous. All right. So this is 83 and it's Frank Oz. I'll just tell you, you're, you're in the right place. You just haven't gotten the thing. It's 83. Yeah. Is it Star Wars? It is. Specifically, it's, it's Jedi. Or as we call it these days, episode six. Episode six right now, but it's return. I'm trying to remember who, this is the other thing that I'm embarrassed to admit, but like the the, the movies all t- are all one big movie to me. So I'm not sure. as good at placing this stuff. I don't know. I don't know specifically who you're talking about. So when I said not a great bounty hunter, this is the opening sequence in Jabba's palace where Princess Leia has pretended to be a bounty hunter. Yeah. All right. That's good. And the reason I picked this, because you know, and if you've listened more than a couple times, Jedi is not one of my favorite Star Wars movies. It was as a it was as a 10-year-old, but but is not held up. But I still remember that moment. So so the cool reveals in that hour, so the whole Jabba Hut, Jabba the Hut, Palace, Throne Room, and Skiff sequence is an hour. And you've got the Lando reveal. Right, Lando shows up and he sort of winks at the camera, asks if you want a Colt 45, and you know that that's Lando. Like, there's no part of you that doesn't know. But while you're watching, and again, I'm 10 at the time, so I can't really speak to what 20 or 30 or 40 year old me would have figured out. But 10 year old me wasn't even realizing that Princess Leia wasn't in the scene, right? Because She's, uh, you know, you're like, oh, well, Leia, she's off doing something. She's mourning Alderaan. I don't know. She's working on her hair. I don't know what she's doing, right? So you're not expecting anything. And so you just got this random bounty hunter guy with this clicking voice uh, kind of thing and and holding a grenade, a thermal detonator. When, when I don't know, 10, 20 minutes later in the movie, it could have been two, <laughs> she takes off the helmet to reveal it's really her. It was like, what? How? Who? Huh? It's Leia? Oh, my God. Like, it was just the most amazing moment. It probably was the biggest, like, reveal I had ever seen to that point. Probably bigger than many others because you did, they did fool the audience. Sure. My last viewing was with the boys ah, about six years ago is my guess. Four, four years ago, six years ago. And I remember watching them also not really realize who that was going to be. So... Not only a great disguise, a great reveal, a great use of disguise in the movie, and again, one of the rare ways I'll ever get Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi <laughs> into my top five list. Fair. It's a great. It's it's a really good one. I have no, I have no rebuttal. Like it's just really, right. it's, it's well it's well placed. Here's the here's my here's my bummer place. There's the right answer for me right now. Based on what I have, I have three left that all are prepared as though they could be in the top five. Uh, I'll give you sort of a little bit of a riff. One of them is another superhero that I've talked about before, so I don't want to do it, but I just love the movie so much that I could do it. That's Deadpool. Yep. Okay. The next one is one that you mentioned earlier that you thought that I was going to do, but I kind of didn't do because the most of the movie doesn't involve disguises, but the few moments that do involve disguises kind of make the entire movie. You know this one. That's that's the town. 
talked about that too many times. So that was the other one, which leaves me with this third one. Do you want to just is it guess? From, is it from 1996? No, it's not. Oh, oh, I would have been like top to bottom on this one. All right. Can I, uh, I think I know what that move, by the way, we're just killing all of my contender pong right now, <laughs> but that's, that's okay. All right. Uh, what do you think that, can I guess what you think it was? Yes. The birdcage. Yes. Yeah. Because of the one scene where Gene Hackman's in drag. <laughs> yeah. Wrote it down right away. JT will want to do the birdcage, Deadpool yep. and the town. Yeah. For and, sure. And decided to put all of them in Pong because I, I have discussed all of those at length and don't need to go into it again. Fair so, enough. In, so instead I'm going to go <laughs> with June 2nd, 2000. Uh, 2000 and um, you mentioned scream i'm assuming this is not scream no scream was 96 and that one's that was in my pong too so we literally have basically run through my <laughs> okay uh this is one of my favorite casts to to mention so we're going to come back to cast but the two people that i'll give you right now are uh paul giamatti and octavia spencer from 2000 <laughs> yeah how old is Octavia Spencer then? She must have been like a kid. She was young. I actually don't know how old she is now, but I would, I actually thought she was like 20s, 30s. So. No, she's in her 40s or 50s. I guess she's, like. yeah. Um, what would be an old movie? Not old. 2000 era movie. Can I get your five words, please? Sure. Five words are large matriarch dwelling. <laughs> so this is... <laughs> I've never seen this. This is uh, Martin Lawrence's uh, Big Mama's house. Big Mama's house. Yeah. So <laughs> is this the one? Is he where? Is he like all the characters? Is it like? Is it the Nutty Professor or whichever it's, one it, Eddie Murphy does that? Well, he's done a couple of those. It's not Nutty Professor. So he just plays. So the premise of this movie is he's an FBI agent who needs to infiltrate this family and then goes in as Big Mama, and so he just plays the one character. He doesn't do multiple characters. He just plays the one grandmother. Okay. Um, so this cast, just quickly, some of them are younger, but Aldous Hodge, Cedric the Entertainer, Octavia Spencer, Paul Giamatti, Anthony Anderson, uh, Star Starletta Dupuis, Martin Lawrence Neal Long, Terrence Howard. That's a wild cast, given that, that time frame. Uh, that being said, this is not a particularly well-rated movie, and it's not a good movie, per se, However, it holds a very special place in my heart because I just think this movie is so funny. Like, I reference this movie more than anyone should ever reference this movie. I love Martin Lawrence. I loved his TV show, Martin. I love his stand-up from back in the day. Like, I was a big Martin Lawrence fan. Uh, this is ridiculous, and the premise makes no sense, and it's not a good... None of it makes sense. However... If you wanted to sit down with your kids and watch, or like your friends and buddies, and watch a dumb movie that you can be aware is dumb and laugh the whole time, this is one of those sort of like good timey movies. And to a certain extent, kind of felt like the end of an era because very shortly after this, I don't think the license to be this goofy existed anymore until it went full satire. Because shortly after, around this time, you got into the not another teen movie, whatever Scream was, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. I'm just thinking, I'm doing like a quick rundown in my head. And, and again, I'm thinking of that Eddie Murphy movie. Which one? What, it's not the Eddie Professor, which is the one where he does the whole family. Yeah, it's the Eddie Professor. All right. So, so you've got that and you've got a few other of these kind of like, they're not... They're not the it's 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 pre or it's I guess in similar time frame as like the Apatow where they're like pushing you to one edge. This is almost like it was almost like a reinvention of slapstick. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great observation, JT. I love that. Yeah, I just think and it was it came to me while I was doing this list because I was like, oh, you know what, these other these other three movies I've talked about and Birdcage I didn't want to do. Deadpool was a little bit of a stretch anyway. The town is the right answer here. It's a it's an amazing film and they have disguises. But, like, I actually do think that, like, slapstick's a really good way to put it, Jared. Like, I kind of feel like this was the sort of the end of middling movie, where it's like, there's enough of a plot line for this to be taken seriously, and also, it's ridiculous. Everything after this went completely left or completely right and got too serious and missed the mark, or, for me, got so silly that it became unwatchable. 
Yeah, I think that's about yeah. Because then you go into those like um, the the not quite the not another teen movie, but the real like the epic movie, scary movie, silly movie, dummy movie, whatever all those things are. Yeah, all of those. Yeah, you you got to put all of those together to have one quality comedy. I think. Oh, and it's and it's literally moments from each one. Good pick. So I have one left. As do you? Is that correct? No, I think we're done. Mm. Aren't we done? Doubtfire, Point Break, oh, Pink no. Panther. No, I got one more. Yeah, I got one more too. You're, You're right. just dying to be done. You're Not dying. dying to be done. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Well, we just so, we went through most of my list. <laughs> I know. We're doing a bit of a weird one there, everybody. It's If this is your first episode, we are normally a little bit more. Uh, we got our fives and our fives and we got a whole thing. But this is just a fun episode with some fun movies. JT, can I? I'm not going to make this my official fifth, but can I tell you the one that you're really going to hate yourself when you don't have it on your list? And I'm pretty darn sure right now you don't have it on your list. Yeah, sure. Do you have anything in your list from 2007? From 2007? No. How much do we think I can get you to say you hate yourself? I mean, if past performance is any indication, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> 2007, Will Arnett and Ian Holm. I love Will Arnett. What was Will Arnett in 2007? That feels too early for Will Arnett. Yeah, I think, no. well, no, Arrested Development was like 2004. So no, that's right. No, you're right. You're right. Will Arnett. Three. I don't know. Jumps up the food chain. Again, one of my favorite five words. I had a lot of fun this week. 2007, Will Arnett jumps up the food chain. It is a triple clue. In three different ways, that is a clue for you. Okay. Will Arnett, 2007, jumps up the food chain. I am drawing all three blanks right now. Nothing if I were to ask you for your top 10 movies of all time, this might be your top movie. In 2007? Mm-hmm. Unless what I wrote that down wrong. No, no, no. I mean, I, I can't even think of anything in that. What's your favorite genre? My favorite? I mean. Who makes your favorite movies? Who makes my favorite movies? Like director? No. What company? Oh, Pixar? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 2007. What came out in 2007? What was Will Arnett in 2007? Oh, man. Did I write the wrong year down? All right. Ladies and gentlemen, emergency Googling. No, no, no. Is this like the, the Lego movie? This is Ratatouille. Oh, my God. Because Remy jumps to get on top of the guy's head. Mm-hmm. Where he's disguising as a mm-hmm. to be a chef. And it's oh. the food chain and the food... Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So moving on. <sighs> Very sad right now. <laughs> okay. I was exceptionally proud of myself for that one. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. All right. I'll, I'll do this one just for the funsies of it. Yeah. He's more oh. undercover just to, just to save myself from complete embarrassment because of how much I love and defend that movie as though it's cinematic masterpiece that it is. It's it's more like a it's it's I don't like how I feel right now is kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like you got me, but I don't know if you fully got me, which makes it worse. But anyway, you can go. I'm just going to sit here and think about it. No problem. I think from the mouse's perspective, it's a disguise. That's why I'm just I'm just going to leave it at that. All right. <laughs> He's disguised as a human chef. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, so for my last one, I'm going to introduce the category of, so you just cut your hair back and now you're a totally different person. Uh, I actually have three primary entries for this final slot because we're not going to really talk through any of them, but just going to have a little bit of fun with the movies and a little guessing game, okay? Okay. First movie, 1987. He's just like Agent K. He's just like Agent K. So that's a Men in Black reference? Uh-huh. He's just like Agent K. It's a Agent what reference? A- Men in Black. Just, uh-huh. Men. Who's the man in black? Johnny Cash? No, Princess Bride. 
Princess. Oh, the Dreaded Pirate, Pirate, Ro- Dreaded Pirate Roberts. Yeah, Wesley. Yeah, yeah, Wesley. Yeah, that's great. Oh, that's a very good one. Okay, well done. Just puts on a little face mask. Nobody can recognize him, or or he's gonna like, and then he's got that like terrible mustache, and you still don't know that's that's your love of your life. Really, you're running around with him. You're holding his hand. You haven't figured yeah. it out. Perfect. Next one in the list, 1992. In fact, actually, both of these are 1992. This one, really, just a street rat. Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Good one. This whole movie, and they actually even sort of have that at the end. They're like, "Wait a sec, isn't that that guy?" Right? Like when he takes his hat off or something, it's like, oh, that hair. Now I recognize him. Like like I've worn hats before, JT. No one, I never take off my hat. So it's like, oh, Jeremy, there you are. Yeah. Uh, And the last one hides with a remarkable habit. Hides with a remarkable habit. What? This is, oh, this is also 92. 92. Oh, 1992. Hides with a remarkable habit. This is my last pick. Yes. This is Sisteract. Yes. (laughs) Oh, that's great. (laughs) I immediately knew I was going to use the word habit in my clue. That's so good. That's so good. I I wish – this is one of those times I wish that this was a visual medium because you got to (laughs) actually watch my brain connect the dots and get very excited for myself. Uh, all three of those are a lot of fun. We will share Sister Act. So Sister Act was the one where I was like, this is not a particularly good movie. I love this movie. I actually haven't talked about this before. I've talked about the other one. Right. Um, in two. The rain, yeah, of two because of Lauren Hill, basically. Uh, yeah, th- that's great. All three of these are very fun. It also made me think of Zorro is another one. Wasn't that like he, he just had like a... Yeah. Yeah. He, do- he does... In Zorro, it's funny. I've seen it, haven't seen it in a while. He doesn't really have as much of a non-Zorro part really so more costume more costume than it is disguise no it's a disguise it's just more that it's it's like a batman movie except you have very little bruce wayne got it okay yeah fair that's fair because i did the the banderas one i don't remember much at all to be complete i remember liking it a lot i went as zorro like when i was a kid for halloween one year i made my mom dress up with a sign that said zorro's mom because she wouldn't let me walk the neighborhood without her. <laughs> so she also... At least know. at least the sign didn't say what my version of that would have been, which is my kid didn't make a costume till about 6 p.m., so I grabbed a bandana and cut holes in it. Right, but that's a lot of us went as Zorro for that reason, I think. Yeah, it's up there with a ghost, homeless dude, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> man is woman slash woman is man, you know. Like, like my kids are already telling us that we should go as each other. I'm like, that's not funny. Only to you three. Like, right. Uh, like nine of our clothes are descriptive. It's not like I have a uniform. Right. My, my weakest attempt ever, I think was in third or fourth grade where I went as Jeff Amit, who is one of the guitars from Pearl Jam. So I wore jeans and a, and like a flannel around my waist with a ripped t-shirt, but I carried a guitar around and every house I went to, I was like, I'm Jeff Amit. And everyone went, I don't know who that is. Nice. <laughs> it's like, yeah, give me your candy. It doesn't matter. Uh, those, all three of those are great. I don't know that any of them deserve real, real time to be honest the only thing that i did learn one thing about sister act which i thought was interesting so originally it was bet midler which i did not know Ooh, yeah attached no. to it in the, in the late 80s so then Whoopi goldberg got signed on and she hired because we've talked about her many times uh and just because we were talking about star wars she hired carrie fisher to rewrite all of her dialogue oh and there's a great line uh so this is a a little bit of a trigger warning. There's no like curse words, but it is, it's very Carrie Fisher like. Uh, it was leading. So Fisher was having a bunch of arguments with Disney, and Fisher said to Goldberg, and this is like on the record, which I think is great, you're getting into a pissing contest with people who have actual dicks. And I just think that's one of the funniest lines I've ever heard. Like, that's just the most Carrie Fisher line you could ever possibly have. And it really made me laugh. And also the fact that she punched up that script for Whoopi Goldberg makes a ton of sense if you go back and think about some of the dialogue in that movie from her. And it made me funny. And that's a, the both of those movies are very highly nostalgic for me. So, yeah, I love it. Sister Act. And um, I can't believe Rat- Ratatouille. I'm going to give like a, a, a half of, I don't know. I still think it's. Like, don't it's be bitter, JC. I'm a little bitter. I'm a little bitter. 
All right, so we did really blow through most of my list too. So I don't really want to go into like lots of extraneous stuff when we get into Pong. I think we should, instead of doing a traditional Pong fast, I just kind of hit up a few more of the movies we, we had notched out. Yeah, that's cool I, with you. I only have two left, so. I have I have a few more than that, but uh, let's, so I just did, oh no, that was your, your uh, sister act technically. So this is what I really wanted to do. I, I love it actually as a Pong. I didn't want it as a full top five because we've talked about it too much. From 1997, bad guy equals good guy? Bad guy equals good guy. Is this face-off? It is. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, March 16th, 2012, Blackjack Number, Leap Avenue. Yeah, 21 Jump Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had, Tough yeah. because like more, like they didn't really go disguise but they did like the hair and the stuff and the outfits and whatever. Uh, I forgot to put that in five words, so to use yours is few prefer it few prefer it warm. Few prefer it warm. That could be look, is there a year for this? 1959. 59? hmm Oh, I have no idea. Some like it hot. Oh, got it. Oh, got it. That's yep. good. That's clever. Yep. Uh, all right, this is gonna be my last one. So uh March 27th, 1992. Group of <laughs> Cockinsolidia beetles. Group of those beetles. Uh, the, uh, all I'm thinking about the beetles now, I'm thinking about the mummy from like all those, uh, but I know that's obviously not your clue. Uh, uh, is this Ladybugs? Yeah, with Jonathan Brandis, Ladybugs. <laughs> All right, this is one of yours. I don't know if I've even seen it, uh, but I probably shouldn't. My last one that I've written anything down about was uh, best use of gibbon suit. Best use of gibbon suit. 1985. Oof. Best use of gibbons. What's a gibbon suit? A gibbon is like an ape. Planet of the Apes? Fletch. JT, Fletch is always in the list somewhere. If there, whatever the you make a category, I'll find a way to make Fletch in there somehow. You are literally making Fletch happen. <laughs> if I, if if you know, if if there was room on your tombstone to always have like a funny pun, spent his whole life trying to make Fletch happen would it, would would be mine. I honestly think we might have just genuinely stumbled upon our first merch. <laughs> Well, it would be something like you you saying, Jeremy, stop trying to make Fletch happen. Yeah, or just a picture of you saying, always making Fletch happen. Anyway, uh, all right, so do you have any other ones that you want to touch on really quickly you want to fly through? I have a fascinating thing I learned. Go on. So I was picking a movie that I thought was going to be this iconic kind of entry, and the year was seventy uh, eight. If I'm not mistaken, now I'm feeling, I'm doubting that. So right around there, if I'm wrong. That's fine. That is an iconic movie. They are still making movies in this series to this day. I don't know if you've seen this one or any of them. But something I learned, and I'll, so I'm going to give you a clue in a different way. It was not until the third movie in this franchise that the disguise became iconic or even existed. 78, they're still making these movies today. I think so. I mean, I think it, it's like Airbud. They just sort of keep making them. That's crazy. From the 70s. And it wasn't iconic until the third one. I don't know. This is a fun piece of trivia, though. I have no idea what The it disguise is. in question. So if I were to say that the, the disguise is a war, a war sports paraphernalia. War sports paraphernalia. Oh, uh, oh, Jason, Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees. It is not until Friday the Thirteenth Part Three that he's wearing a mask. There is no mask in one or two, and That's I don't right. remember two at all. Me neither. I don't really remember one because I was way too young. We saw it at camp because that's how crazy that era was. Whatever you think, you're showing Lennon an animated movie with a talking dragon. And she's like, right. scary, fire, yeah. bad. <laughs> We're watching people's like faces melt off and get like stuck through the ribs with like pokers and things. 
in crazy campgrounds while we're at camp without our parents around with strangers in darkness. Yeah. Deal with it, Gen X. That's what we had. That's right. That's right. Um, that's a great one. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. Also, that's so that's a, actually a great lead into next week. So next week is going to be our Halloween episode. And next Ooh. week, we're going to do... <laughs> I'm so happy you did that. Next... <laughs> Next week, uh, next week we're gonna have a special Ooh. guest. I'm just gonna let you keep doing it behind the scenes. Uh, we'll have a special Get guest out. <laughs> I'm in the calls coming from inside your headphones. Um, so we have a special <laughs> guest next week, uh, and we're gonna do our top five scariest movies because that feels like the right thing to do considering the episode is gonna drop the day before Halloween. Uh, and it's one that if you've been listening to our podcast, you know Jeremy is super excited for because as he just mentioned, he was traumatized as a child as most of Gen X was and therefore does not really like scary movies. So, Dude, I got scared watching Mulholland Drive. Bro, I've mentioned on this podcast before, one of the biggest jump scares I ever had was in Big Mama's house. <laughs> yeah. I actually did give my kids a warning that there was one in Lord of the Rings when we went to watch it. But I'm pretty sure, like, kid me would have been traumatized by that one, too. They're, but they're, they're everywhere. Uh, all right. So uh, next week's it's going to be spooky. It'll be fun. Uh, I'm very excited for it. And we'll see you next week on the Lo-Fi Top 5. When I look in your eyes.